Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. David, I got some fix trying to get the screens right. I'm assuming you've got everybody that needs to do things. So, uh, our first tonight we'll have one song, and then David will have announcements. Right, two more songs, and then Chris will have our lesson. Our first song this evening is number 932 and 933. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. Holy Ground. Please be seated. Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. Um, first off, thank you, Stepping Stones, for a great meal. <laughs> do appreciate everything y'all do for admissions for... Uh, mission trips and everything, so I greatly appreciate that. Also, um, WeShine is now taking applications uh, for their preschool. If you have any questions uh, for that, please see Connie. Also, if you can help out cutting grass this summer, uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. Uh, <clears throat> we have everything, the lawnmower, the gas, everything's provided, the weed eater. Um, if you don't know how to work those things, um, just do what everybody else does and knock on my door and, uh, and um, ask how, how, how it works. So, but uh, I'll be more than happy to show you. Um, also, uh, this Saturday will be our egg hunt at 6 o'clock. Um, so please get all the kitties together, get their baskets, and it should be a lot of fun um, doing the egg hunt on Saturday at 6 o'clock. Uh, this coming Sunday, or I'm sorry, that egg hunt Saturday, not Sunday. 
Uh, this coming Sunday will be uh, middle school and high school devotional, and uh, we have preacher rotation that day. Mark Eights will be our guest speaker, and Chris will be at Cerrito. Is that correct? Chris will be at Cerrito. Um, updates on our prayer list. Um, I'm sure you all heard about the accident on Route 7 uh, a few minutes ago. It happened at 1 o'clock today, uh, head-on collision. And um, uh, Tony Blakenship uh, was a young man who died. Uh, he was 20 years old. And uh, uh, Nicole Labor, thank you, and she was 20 years old. Um, it's important to keep that, those families in your prayers at this time. I mean, 20 years old, that's, that's, uh, that's young, and just can't imagine what that family's going through at this time. And also, um, uh, Caroline, oh my goodness, Davidi, Davidi, Caroline Davidi. Um, this is Nora and Jerry's granddaughter. Um, she's five years old. Um, she was hit in the eye with a rock, and there's some, uh, there's some damage to her eye. Um, so remember to keep Caroline in your prayers at this time and keep that family in your prayers. Um, this is a lot of tragedy to young people right now, but um, never easy. But um, remember to keep those people in our prayers. There's so many others on our prayer list. Uh, remember to continue to keep Jim Haney and Darren Baker, Yvonne Cornell, Sean Maynard, Judy Gerald, Jennifer Baker, Roger Pryde, and Charlie Boso, and Barbara. How, how's Barbara doing? Um, okay, she's improved greatly, so that's 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 good to hear. Yeah. So remember, continue to keep. Uh, Barbara in your prayers, Williamson. That's all the announcements I have. Um, it's, uh, and also, um, in the month of May, um, month of May, I'm going to start advertising this now. Month of May, we are doing How May I Serve the Lord. It's catchy, isn't it? How I May Serve the Lord. And we are going to, on uh, Sunday evening after services, Sunday evening after services, there's going to be men classes and women classes on how you can serve the church. Uh, the first Sunday will be how to lead sing for, the, for all the, and this is for all ages, so this is for the entire church. And the women will have their class on what, how they can serve the church too. So, you know, with us building each other up, we'll build a stronger church. Um, so please, everybody's get involved in that, so please write in your calendar during the month of May, we'll be doing that. And this time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all the many blessings you give us, Lord. We thank you for this day and this opportunity to come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord. Lord, we continue to ask for prayers for our elders here, Lord, and the work that they do, and this be with the decisions they make for this congregation, Lord, that, that they always look to your word for strength and guidance, and and the decisions they make for this congregation as, the, as they lead us, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to still continue to be with us as a church family. Be with us spiritually. Be with us in our prayer lives. Continue to 
Let your word encourage us so that way we can be a shining light within our community, within our work, within our schools. That way others will see you in us, Lord, and, and that we represent you in everything we do. Lord, continue to, we ask you this time, Lord, to, to, to be with those families who've recently lost loved ones. Be with the Ward family at this time. Continue to be with the elite family, Lord. Just be with them. Give them the strength and the comfort they need, Lord. Be with the Sullivan family, Lord. Lord, there's so many this that are always on our hearts and our minds that just help us through our grieving. Always be there for us. It gives us strength to help us get through that. Lord, because we know that one day we will see them once again for eternity with you, Lord. Lord, be with Chris as he presents the lesson this evening, Lord. And Lord, that someone may have the desire, Lord, to be baptized, that they will make that decision. That they won't let fear stop them from making that decision, and they will make that decision today. Lord, continue to be with our sick, our widows, and our shut-ins. Lord, just be with them. Let's be an encouragement to them. Heal them. Lord, be with us the rest of this week. Watch over us and keep us safe. Most of all, Lord, thank you for you sending your son to die on the cross for us. Lord, it's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Our next song this evening is number 874, 874, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, my
Our next song is number 756. 756. When we all get to heaven. After this, Chris will have our lesson. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. great responsibility. You know, the first time I heard that phrase, I thought, man, that's right. It was on the lips of Uncle Ben. You remember Uncle Ben from Spider-Man fame, I'm sure. Uncle Ben was not the first one to come up with that phrase. In fact, the first documented people that came up with that phrase goes all the way back to 1793 to the French Revolution. In the early stages, they had just executed the King of France, and the new leaders are looking out at their people and they say this. Um, the new power, the new ruling power in France said in a decree that the people's representatives would excel if they remembered that great responsibility follows inseparably from great power. So throughout the years, various countries and various leaders that have fallen on, upon hard times have used this phrase. In fact, it's been used several times in our own country's history. In 1885, uh, U.S. Grant wrote his memoirs. Of course, you're familiar with Ulysses Grant from the, the Civil War and the terrible uh, time that was in our own nation's history. Twenty years later, looking back on it, he writes his memoirs and he says this, In positions of great responsibility, everyone should do his duty to, to the best of his ability. Just four years later, President McKinley said, Presented to this Congress are great opportunities. With them come great 
responsibilities. Of course, during that time in our nation's history, there's all kinds of things that are going on that are opportunities, and some of those opportunities they took full advantage of, and some of them they they let slack and didn't um, take full advantage of those things. Looking back on the events that brought us brought the U.S. into World War II, Winston Churchill uh, spoke at Harvard. I think they were giving him like an honorary doctorate uh, from Harvard uh, that year. And, and so he's looking back on the events uh, that drew, drew our country into World War II in 1943. And he says, the price of greatness is responsibility. And meaning, of course, if you want to be great in the world, you've got to step up and accept some responsibility for it, don't you? It's kind of an attaboy for us. Finally, he jumped in and did something. Uh, in his State of the Union address in 1945, FDR said, In a democratic world, as in a democratic nation, power must be linked with responsibility. You know, this is a biblical concept. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what caught my attention the very first time I heard it. I thought, Uncle Ben is teaching Bible truth. You don't think to see that in, in Spider-Man, but he did it. And so you've been given... Biblically speaking, immense power, just incredible power. You probably don't even know you have it. In fact, if I were to tell you that in, on your person, you have the power to destroy nations, but also to build up the entire world, you'd probably think, what are you talking about? I don't have any. I've got keys in my pocket. You know, like what, what possible thing do I have in my possession that could build up nations and destroy them? Well, let me share something with you. Psalm chapter 57 if you've got your Bibles, flip over to Psalms. We're going to look at a couple of verses in Psalms, then we're going to look at a couple in Proverbs as we think about what we have, this great responsibility, this great power we have, and with it comes great responsibility. Psalm chapter 57, verse 4. The psalmist says, My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of man, whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues, check it, their tongues are sharp swords. So the psalmist there pictures, he's in the lion's den, he's been encompassed by, he quotes, fiery beasts, but maybe we think of dragons. He is in a position, a terrible position. And what has made this position so awful? It's people's words. It's our words. Your tongue has the power to heal, but it also has the power to break. And it can devastate nations or it can build up the world. And so how you choose to use it matters, right? With great power, there's incredible power found in our words, isn't there? With great power comes great responsibility. In the New Testament, in James chapter 3, he's going to say, your tongue can set on a forest, a whole forest, on fire. And what damage can your, can your tongue do, can your words do to those around you? Great power, right? Incredible power. More power than the strongest man has. We used to say when we were kids, sticks and stones will break my bones, but word will never hurt me. Is that true? It's not, is it? Words can do an incredible amount of damage, right? So with great power comes great responsibility. Psalm chapter 64. Psalm chapter 64. Just flip over a couple of pages. 
It's a Psalm 64, verse 3. Let's look at one more here in Psalms, and we'll flip, flip over to Proverbs and see what he has to say for us. Psalm 64, verse 3. He's in the midst of talking about uh, these wicked people, these evildoers. Uh, in verse 2, he says, Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evildoers, who these people wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows. And so... If you were to shoot an arrow at an at an enemy at an opponent, do you do you just you close your eyes and, and you just kind of shoot crazily, right? Of course not. These are intentional things, and that's what the psalmist here is saying. You've used your words intentionally for harm. We've we've done that, haven't we? On occasion, our words uh, can be used to destroy like that. But it's so interesting to me the picture he uses. For the devastation that your words can cause. They're arrows. They're swords. You ever been stabbed? Most of us are going to say no to that, right? You ever been shot? Probably not. Can you imagine the feeling of that penetrating your body and the intentionality of, of that thing penetrating you? It would be awful, right? Very painful. Our words have that exact same kind of power. So with great power comes great responsibility. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. We've got two in Proverbs I want us to look at very quickly. Proverbs chapter 12. Psalms, he talks an awful lot about the destructive power uh, of our words. You think maybe Russia has done some destruction in Ukraine, and probably they have. But your bitter and our bitter and angry words are like getting shot. They can have an incredibly destructive power, can't they? Look at the flip side, too, though, because in the Bible you find both ways of using our words. You find not just the destructive nature, the destructive possibilities of our words, but you also find the incredible healing power of our words, the incredible helpfulness, uh, the, the ability to encourage and build up and lift up just by, just by words. Great power, right? Because of the great power we have in our words, it necessitates great responsibility. Even non-Christians throughout time have seen that. Surely God's people can see it. That our words are powerful. And because they're so powerful, because the potential there for power is so great, we have an incredible responsibility to watch our words and make sure that they build up and not tear down. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. He says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. We've, we've encountered that thought in the Psalms, right? And so we're familiar with that now. He says, but the tongue of the wise, the one who, who has encountered wisdom, the one who has spent so much time with God that God is beginning to rub off on him. He looks at the world like God does. He thinks like God does. He's wise. His words do what? They bring healing, don't they? They have the potential to heal like, like a doctor can heal cancer. Like, like medicine can heal disease, your words can bring healing to destroyed hearts. Flip over to uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4. He says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And so then you, there again you have the dichotomy, this, this two-edged nature of our words. If you have wisdom... If you ha are gentle 
with your words, it's a tree of life. What do you think about tree of life? Like, it's a life-giving tree. It, it's the essence of life, the healing nature, everything that's good. He says that's, that's what a gentle tongue can be to those around us. But then he says, you know, if, if your heart's perverse, it breaks the spirit. Your words can break people's spirits. So Solomon doesn't downplay the, the devastation potential our words have, but he provides for us the other side. Our words can also be used to heal. In Matthew chapter 12, you need to see this verse. So flip over there real quick as we close out our time together this, this evening. Matthew chapter 12. The New Testament tells me that I'm going to be held accountable for every word I say. So when we look through the Old Testament, we see that my words have incredible potential. And because of that incredible power, I have great responsibility to use them well. Now the New Testament tells us that I'm going to be held accountable for every single word I say. So I better be careful, not careless. Look what he says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Jesus ties these words that come out of my mouth to the thoughts that are in my heart. So I'm spewing thoughtless and hurtful words because I've got a heart problem, right? I don't have a mouth problem. I've got a heart problem. And one day I'll have to answer for that heart problem. Look what he says here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. What you do matters. What you say gives God, gives others, an impression of who you are. He already knows who you are. He can see down inside your heart. But it gives the rest of us an impression of who you are, how you use your words matter. Verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers. He's got to know who they are, hasn't he? You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? He says, you're saying good things. But I see inside your hearts and you're bad, you're evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. So the good person has a solid, righteous, godly heart. And out of that flows kindness and goodness and discipline and self-control and these things. The way we use our words. But out the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. I tell you. On the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. It's a passage we don't think an awful lot about. But your words have great power. And one day we're going to be held accountable for how we've used those words. Today, if you're struggling with getting your heart right, let me tell you that Jesus is the only one who could do that for you. He's the only answer to that problem. You've got to come to him, and through the power of baptism, he washes your sins away. If you spend enough time with them, you'll find that kindness and graciousness fall off your tongue so easily, that healing falls off your tongue so easily, and that the bitter and angry words, the intentionality, trying to hurt people, the sarcastic words that we speak, those don't fall off so easily the more and more time you spend with Him. Today, maybe you need the prayers of this congregation to get back on the right track. We want to help you in any way we can. Why don't you come as we stand and sing?
Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for today, for all of our blessings. Lord, I ask that you would be with those mentioned on the prayer list and for all those people in Ukraine and Russia, that there would be a solution for this war soon. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would comfort all of those who have recently lost, lost loved ones. And uh, Lord, please be with us on our way home. Let's have taken some from Chris's lesson and apply it to our lives. And it's in your son's name I ask you to pray. Amen.